I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from Yahweh, who made heaven and earth. Psalm chapter 121, verses 1 through 2. O Lord, as I climb mountains and traverse through valleys, I thank you that you are always with me. Guide my footsteps, so I may stay on the path of peace you have set before me. Remind me to look to you to overcome the obstacles in my way. Be my shield against the fiery darts of my enemies, and may your light shine upon me always. In times of joy and sorrow, I will remember your irrevocable presence in me. With your spirit in me, I never have to feel alone. Thank you, Jesus. In your name. Amen. Thank you for praying with me today. Now discover the profound intricacies of Scripture through Pray.com's podcast, The Heartbeat of Faith, with Dr. Andrew Farley. Stay tuned after this quick word from our sponsors. Does your money stretch as far as it used to? Most likely no. Here's why. It took 200 years for the U.S. to print its first $5 trillion. Today, Washington has done that in just three years. The problem? Every new dollar makes each of your dollars worth less. Our sponsor, Birch Gold Group, has helped tens of thousands of Americans protect their IRAs or 401ks from the dollar's loss in value with physical gold and silver. Now you can too. Get a free info kit on gold right now by texting the word HEARTBEAT to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the BBB, you're in good hands with Birch Gold. So get your no-cost, no-obligation info kit now by texting HEARTBEAT to the number 989898. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hello, I'm Dr. Andrew Farley with today's episode of the Heartbeat of Faith podcast. As we've traveled through the Bible together, we've discovered that stories repeat themselves over and over again. They all harmonize together like a magnificent symphony. They're anthems meant to move us toward a deeper appreciation of the gospel message. If you listen closely, you'll hear God's heartbeat. Some repeated stories are worth paying close attention to. 
We call them motifs. Today's motif is the God of the mountain. Dozens of stories throughout the Old and New Testament happen on a high place where the God of the universe meets with his people. One of the most famous moments when God met someone on a mountain was on Mount Sinai, when the Lord met with Moses. So Moses went down and told the elders of God's promises. They consecrated themselves and flocked to the base of the mountain to worship God. On the morning of the third day, thunder emanated from the peak of the mountain, and lightning lit up the skies surrounding the top. A thick cloud surrounded Sinai, and a bellowing trumpet could be heard from the top. The people trembled in awe and fear. Smoke could be seen at a distance, and Moses knew God had come in fire. The mountain shook, and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Moses began to speak, but was interrupted by thunder. Moses took a deep breath, looked back at the people, and ascended up the mountain. There, God spoke with great power and authority. With lightning surrounding the mountain and the earth shaking, God poured forth his commandments. On a high place, so close to the heavens that the clouds touched the earth below, God's law was given to Israel. This intimate yet powerful moment between God and Moses was one of many sacred events on a mountain. Of course, we can't forget that when Moses descended that mountain, he found the people below had already been disobeying God. They had melted down their gold to form a golden calf, and they were worshiping it as an idol. And from that point forward, the lofty commandments carried down that mountain would never be met by the people below. In fact, The result of their attempts at law-keeping was sinning of every kind. Yet another reminder of why we all need God's grace instead. In another story, God beckoned Elijah to a high place to speak with him. There, God gave Elijah divine comfort and guidance. After resting some more, Elijah rose. God was calling him somewhere sacred, somewhere only few had been. God was calling Elijah to Mount Sinai. For forty days Elijah traveled, through hills, valleys, and storms, Elijah braved the journey to God's meeting place, the place he had once spoken to Moses. He scaled the mighty mountain and camped in a cave hewn by the wind. There he slept and awaited the voice of God. Abraham was beckoned to a high place to sacrifice his son Isaac. God delivered both Isaac and Abraham that day. Solomon built the temple of the Lord on a mountain, which presided over the land as a symbol of God's presence on earth. Why are all of these high places important? What makes a mountain more significant than any other place? The answer is found in the beginning, when God planted a garden to connect with his image bearers. Yahweh God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground Yahweh God made every tree to grow that is pleasant to the sight 
and good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it was parted and became the source of four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. It flows through the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. Delium and onyx stone are also there. The name of the second river is Gion. It is the same river that flows through the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hidekel. This is the one which flows in front of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. Genesis 2, 8-14 Geography tells us that a water source strong enough to create that many rivers must come from an elevated place, a high place with enough water running down to split the earth below. The prophets continually recount Eden and Zion as a holy mountain. The Garden of Eden, where humanity once walked with God, was on a mountain. The profound symbolism shouldn't go unnoticed. The Bible portrays Eden as a high place, where mankind and God coexisted in harmony. When Adam and Eve were banished from the Garden, they spiritually and physically fell from God. That's why these meeting places with God, altars of sacrifice, and temples were set upon high places. They're all, in a way, reminiscent of Eden, when heaven and earth overlapped in beauty with God and man walking together. Interestingly, one of Jesus' most well-known teachings, the Beatitudes, was taught from a mountain. Jesus scanned the crowds as they followed his every step. His popularity was growing rapidly, and thousands of people followed him into the valley outside Galilee. Their hearts were hungry for truth. They were longing to know what the kingdom of God truly looked like. Jesus gathered them at the bottom of a small hill. He climbed to the top and sat. The wind carried his voice for all to hear, and they listened to every word flowing from his mouth. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Just before he was arrested, Jesus met with his father in the Garden of Gethsemane, a garden resting on the top of a high ridge. In the cool of the night, Jesus could hear the faint sound of the festival happening in the distance. Quietness settled in as the disciples walked further away from the city up to the Mount of Olives. Jesus marched up to an elevated place with the weight of a cross bearing down on his shoulders. At the top of the hill called Calvary, the Son of God gave his life to take away our sins, to free us from the demands of the law, and to restore to us the connection to God that was lost in the Garden of Eden. The day grew dim, and clouds began filling the skies. Jesus was given a cross to carry up the trail of Calvary, a hundred-pound piece of wood carving a deeper hole into his already exposed back. Jesus carried his cross up the hill towards the place he would die. 
After losing blood and oxygen, Jesus collapsed to the ground with the cross. Unable to carry it himself, a soldier took a man named Simon from the crowd and had him carry Christ's cross for him up the hill. Some cried for his death. Others cried to not have him die. Thousands of people followed Jesus up that hill to watch him be crucified. Many mourned for him that day. Yet underneath the blood and sweat, Jesus walked with joy towards the cross, knowing what it would accomplish. Legs trembling, blood dripping, and lungs gasping for air, Jesus made his way to the place of the skull where he would be crucified. Finally, after Christ is risen again, he meets with his disciples on a mountain and gives them what is now called the Great Commission. Jesus sat with his disciples once again at the Mount of Olives. The sun was descending gently over the city of Jerusalem. The men gazed at the temple below with the breeze dancing around them. The eleven remaining disciples sat beside Jesus, listening to him speak on the kingdom of God. For forty days they had been next to him, soaking in every word he spoke. Jesus had also revealed himself to over five hundred others, and they all followed as well. There they all sat, listening to their Lord and watching the sunset. Lord, is it time for you to restore the kingdom of Israel? they asked. Jesus gave his familiar smile, still peering into the distance towards the temple. The grass danced around him. It is not for you to know the time or season, Jesus answered. That is for God alone to know and for me to obey. The eleven were disappointed at his answer. Jesus, knowing the fear that was in their hearts, reassured them, Trust in me. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Jesus rose to his feet and turned towards the sun. The wind picked up, causing his robes to flow like dove's wings. All authority that has been given to me I give to you. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Go and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them what I have taught you, and obey what I have commanded. In the vast expanse of nature, mountains stand tall, majestic, and unyielding. Just as Mount Sinai once echoed with the thunderous voice of law, now Mount Zion resonates with the gentle whisper of grace. It's not about the weight of the laws we try to uphold, but the grace that carries us aloft. Remember the words penned in Galatians, we're no longer under the law, but under grace. What does this mean for us? It means that in this spiritual journey, we're not climbing the treacherous terrains of Sinai, but we're already positioned on the peaks of Zion. Ephesians reminds us that God has not only rescued us, but raised us up, seating us alongside Him. We're not mere wanderers. We are the living temples of the Holy Spirit. Positioned high, we are where God chooses to dwell, speak, and move. Spiritually, you are a mountain, a beacon of grace, in a world longing for hope. Embrace this position and let God's voice of grace echo through you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Heartbeat of Faith podcast, 
follow the podcast so you can learn the Bible in this entertaining and inspiring way. Download the Pray.com app, and for more encouragement in God's grace, visit andrewfarley.org. That's andrewfarley.org. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.